Welcome everyone to On Podcast, your Microsoft podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Cream Anderson, and I'm joined by David Allen. Happy Labor Day to those who celebrate it. Yeah, we're here uh, on the Labor Day weekend, holiday weekend here in the U.S., and uh, we will be dishing out some news. We'll try and get you in and out as quickly as possible, keep you uh, abreast of everything you need to know. For those of you who are traveling and just want uh, some, a couple of companions, we're here for you. For those of you who just want to make sure that you are up on all the Starfield news before you start playing the game, we are also here for you for very much of that. Uh, before Lots we get into all the exactly before we get into all the fun stuff about Starfield, we got a few headlines we want to cover. Some stuff about uh, the Xbox being able to automatically upload captures to OneDrive, which again will be very important for people uh, come next week. Uh, we'll also be talking about what uh, what's been new in Microsoft Teams. We don't really focus on Teams as much as we used to uh, because of the pandemic. We, the coverage has kind of shifted, but uh, August was a jam-packed month, and we have a lot of stuff for those of you who are so interested in that kind of information. Uh, we have a leak about a Microsoft manager who was told to minimize the budget impact of employee rewards, you know, try not to get too many people excited about promotions and pay raises, possibly. <clears throat> Uh, we'll also be talking about Bing Chat expected to support third-party plugins soon, which I think was something we mentioned uh, back in March. So hopefully soon being you know relative, maybe next month or so. Uh, we'll also be talking about Google's chat getting a dynamic revamp to keep up with Teams and maybe Slack as well. And it's it's a big one, so we'll have to cover all of that information as well. Uh, last thing we have is a revamped iPad Pro, uh, which could be coming to market to kind of I guess, I don't know, take on the tablet market once again after slumping sales over the last uh, few quarters. Uh, and I think those are all the headlines. So let's get into it. What's our what's our first one you want to jump into? Well, let's just jump right on into something people are going to be very interested in, like you mentioned. Um, I don't know why this hasn't been a feature until now. I don't know why it took this long. But soon, as you mentioned, you will be able to upload your Xbox screenshots to OneDrive. You will be able Yay. to upload. Finally, you will be able to upload your game clips and upload your entire library of captures that you already have to OneDrive, including 4K video. They are currently testing this feature with it expected to roll out later this year, and as of right now, it will be available in the on the Xbox in the Xbox app and you will be able to access those screenshots and videos through your OneDrive account. So finally, an easy way to manipulate your screenshots and your recordings. Been a long time coming. I know for me, it's a little bit of a pain to hit that share button that they nicely gave us right there in the middle of the Xbox controller. And then when you get back to your PC, you have to dig it up or go, where did they put it? I think this should have been obvious from the start. Yeah, I felt like this is something that actually happened during the Xbox One days where uh, those things were being saved automatically, at least for a brief period they were testing. I do remember being able to go to OneDrive. And uh, as you said, this is kind of a no-brainer. Um, hopefully we'll see this kind of streamlined uh, functionality going forward with more Xbox features, especially for gaming. Uh, like I said, it's have them stashed in the xbox app even though OneDrive is supposed to be your storage for everything this just seems like it's easier for people who are invested in OneDrive already uh in in many different ways if you are a content creator you're probably uh storing your streams and your recordings already there why have to go to another app to then download or transfer 
in order to put everything together when you're you know doing your editing or whatnot so good up on them um let's hope hopefully this comes out during the heydays in the prime of starfield and i'll add one more thing to it if microsoft is thinking about it this is a good money maker too because like you said the creatives out there they're saving you know especially with starfield here we're saving screenshots and saving videos like crazy well guess what they charge you for storage microsoft so you know make that dollar but give us the feature cha-ching uh next we have uh what's new in teams for august 2023 and it is a long one so Everyone bear with me. If I go too quickly, uh, we do have this listed on our website. Uh, so please go check it out for further detail. But uh, hopefully I can walk us all through this relatively well. Uh, first thing we have up <clears throat> is meetings. Animated backgrounds for immersive virtual environments have been added. Improved dynamic emergency calling support. Notifications for protected voicemails have all been added. Uh, for people who are interested in webinars, attendees can join public webinars using uh, up to three devices. Uh, I don't know if it's all at once. Uh, that seems a bit weird, but <laughs> that 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 has also been added. Uh, teams on the phone, for those of you who are uh, the mobile conference person who makes the rest of us motion sick, uh, they simplified the call delegation UI and enhancements, hotline phones for quick connections, uh, UI updates and improvements for teams on phone devices for your Android and iPhone. Team share device license is available on the Android mobile app, so IT managers can uh, dish out more licenses uh, for company phones or uh, hybrid phones, I suppose. Newly certified devices, including audio codes, phones, and headsets. Uh, for those of you who are interested specifically in chat and collaboration, they've enhanced chat messages, hover menu for easier editing and replying, compact chat mode for improved readability, and task list syncing in Microsoft Loop. Don't forget, Loop's still a thing. It's getting features every every week it feels like every time i open it up there's a new little hey what's new thing so those have been uh, combined as well for those of you uh interested in teams rooms and devices you teams rooms people took our surface duo from us so you should at least appreciate this uh video gallery segmentation with unified backgrounds spatial audio support for teams rooms on windows speakers uh, multi-stream and teleframe for improved media experiences cloud and teleframe video processing for immersive experiences Face enrollment for better recognition in Teams rooms. Scan the QR code on Teams panels for quick room reservations. New remote management settings for Teams panels. New certified Cisco Lenovo Logitech uh, Yield Link and more certified devices. Frontline workers, they didn't forget about you. They added, uh, and vertical solutions. They added notifications of improvements and shifts. Improved shifts notification deep links. Deploy teams at scale with dynamic teams. Auto connecting to features for walkie talkies. IT admin and security, you got proactive monitoring and meeting quality with real-time telemetry. Uh, should be very impor- uh, impressive to be able to spit out some reports for your uh, executives who are wondering why we still pay for this stuff. Uh, for people, again, on mobile, the improved uh, Teams and Channels layout for Android uh, is landed this month uh, or last month. Language and translated caption options for Android and just in general for the platforms. Pre-pin meetings uh, apps available uh, via admin policy, graph API for Teams meeting transcripts, new collaborative apps, including Typeface uh, and MeClient and more. For those of you on Teams Premium, which I believe any of you who are still listening to this or probably are, there are options to show only custom org backgrounds. Uh, we were just talking about backgrounds and getting you know, specialized like uh, you know, uh, video backgrounds instead of just blurring out you know, 
hanging socks and dirty laundry everywhere. Uh, there's teams for education, lastly, which is support for grading periods and time assignments, alternative grading schemes and announcements and team assignments. So that is all. I know it was a long list. Like I said, if you want more details about that, uh, we have our write up. Uh, go visit the site. That's, you know, I don't I don't out of all the dozens of features you called out there, I don't pick out one or even pick out a group that necessarily stands out. I think what this shows is how the industry is moving more and more to collaboration is getting bigger and bigger. It's not just sharing a document anymore. You're able to, as you said, manage other things within your company through Microsoft Teams and adding that collaboration for other parts of the company, not just, hey, let me share a review that we wrote or share a news post or share a PR post. I, I, I like where this is going. I'm just hoping this new Teams does not become as bloated and sluggish as the previous versions. Yeah, that seems to be your major concern. So yeah, we will uh, be hoping, keeping our fingers crossed for that kind of stuff. Um, What's your next headline? Well, I'm going to stay in the Microsoft um, executive uh, area here. We've had a leak this week that said Microsoft managers have been told to minimize budget impact of employee rewards. Basically, what they're saying is, look, we're watching what we're spending. Be careful with what you promise. Uh, the performance reviews have become a little more impactful and the companies have been said to watch how they reward people, which means, you know, I take a reward as raises and stuff like that. I don't necessarily take a reward as, you know, hey, we're buying you something. Um, let's see. We've got some budget cuts that uh, Nadella has come out with and said, look, we need to have some wage freezes for economic conditions and we've also heard that managers have been told to watch how they time these things usually employees are receiving their bonuses and compensations in august and they're saying that maybe that should be september at this point so you know for most people this doesn't that are listening this might not impact you but what i took from this is and it's a little bothersome you've got one of the biggest companies in the world when companies start watching how employees are compensated the first thing i take from that is that affects employee morale and then that affects your bottom line your employee morale impacts the quality of your product now i'm not saying that you know, everybody's walking around the Microsoft campus with their heads down. I don't think that's happening, but I think, you know, there's probably some offices somewhere going, okay, we're, we're spending 70 billion on Activision. We're making this money, but they're, you know, taking on, you know, they're, they're shortening my Christmas bonus or my quarterly bonus. I can't help but think that there's somebody out there that's thinking that. And it makes, you know, it makes you wonder if this is going to be a trend that we're going to see moving forward if microsoft is doing it then i'm sure some of these other larger companies that are making money are going to do the same thing yeah it's a uh, it's, it's never a positive sign uh when anybody tries to downplay most things uh most right. companies aren't very humble to begin with uh so this like you said is probably 
a shift in company culture, which could potentially have a negative impact. Uh, we'll see, you know, how they do with this transition of trying to keep mum on salaries, things like that. If this uh, bodes well for them, I mean, because again, it isn't saying that a conversation won't come. They're just trying to get the company to shift in a way that the conversation about it, I guess, is less transparent. And that, again, less transparency typically is never a good thing. No, uh, and inflation is as high as it's ever been, too. So I'm sure there's, you know, when I think of Microsoft employees, I don't think of the guy, you know, in the big executive office. I'm thinking the mid-level and even some of the lower-level employees that, you know, are still watching the grocery store prices every week. Those are the ones that are, you know, probably going home at night, scratching their head, going, well, the executive took home X, Y, Z, and they're taking my few dollars away from me. I don't understand. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, as they always say, there's, you know, famously noted in the Jurassic Park movie, life will find a way. So uh, there are communities, <clears throat> Reddit, subreddits you can go to where people are discussing these things anonymously uh, about companies, company cultures, uh, pay raises, things like that. So I'm sure if you are interested in maybe getting hired or just wondering what you should be making before you ask for a raise, anything like that, there's the internet and it will have answers for you. Uh, the next thing I have is another long uh, list of features coming, but not to a Microsoft platform, to a Microsoft platform competitor. And the reason why we're saying it here on this Microsoft podcast is because we want you to know what your options are. We're not saying you need to always treat Microsoft. Uh, you should always know what's better or what's different and that's out there and available. So uh, with that being said, it looks like uh, Duet AI, which is, I believe, uh, their chat version of uh, Bard, is going uh, to Google Chat, I believe, uh, and it's bringing a ton of new features as well as Google revamping the whole UI. Uh, it's really trying to hone in on this version of chat. We'll see if they drop it in another two or three years and jump to something else new. But in the meantime, if you're a Google Chat person, uh, you can expect uh, real-time collaboration uh, to get updates and insights, proactive suggestions across your Google Workspace apps. Uh, with this Duet AI uh, to help you answer complex queries by searching across messages and files in Gmail and Drive, which is very nice. It's, you know, Google's king of search for a reason. Uh, and summarize documents, share in spaces, and provide a recap of missed conversations. That's just the broad overview. If you want to get into some of the more detailed things, uh, it'll be they'll be updating a streamlined user experience to chat uh, with an updated color palette, uh, typography, and visual stylings based on Google's Material 3 design language. Uh, for those of you who don't like that, Tough. That's what they're going with. Uh, to help find the right conversations, they'll be bringing direct messages and spaces together in a unified conversation list, uh, which again looks similar to Slack more than it does Teams right at the moment. Uh, in addition, helpful new shortcuts, including chronological home view, at mentions, uh, and start conversations will make it easier to stay on top of flow communications. These are some of the kind of things that you know, I'm hoping uh, Teams kind of picks up on, making surfacing conversations a bit easier, because right now the uh, hamburger menu on the left is chock full of stuff, but it's hard to kind of pull out what you need to at the right times. Uh, there are I, other things. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to yeah. say that, that that I agree with that. Um, the hamburger menu on the left of Teams is a little bit of a pain, and, I, and we're not even a big team, and we have a hard time sometimes finding where the latest conversation is or where the latest comment was made 
you know, and we only have a few channels, so I could I can imagine what it's like in some of these companies with hundreds or even thousands of employees just trying to find where things are and what you need to respond to. Agreed. Uh, the other thing that's coming is intelligent prioritization of your messages based on your communication patterns. Uh, again, this is AI at full work. So people that you talk most to, maybe three or four people in your own group will probably surface beyond, you know, uh, general communications that happen once a week and even further out for the ones that happen once a month. Uh, they'll be bringing the power of Spark Canvases to chat with Spark Ships for quick file sharing right from the Compose bar, which is kind of, I think, what Loop does essentially. Uh, inline threading that will enable you to access all relevant conversation threads within shortcuts uh, to help you find the right messages, file, uh, messages, files, or spaces. They're also updating a search and chat, which we kind of mentioned, with a redesigned results page and enhanced features, including suggested queries, autocomplete, uh, a did you mean suggestion. Uh, it's kind of this is the thing you see uh, when you're typing out an email and it says press tab to finish this kind of thing. An AI-based relevance ranking, which is kind of cool. Uh, they'll be adding some uh, features to autocorrect as well. Uh, as you mentioned, Spaces will also support up to 500,000 members. I believe they moved from 50 to 80,000 before. Now they're bumped it up to 500,000, which is big. They're expecting to get you know big contracts, I suppose, with this. They're also adding huddles to chat, which is a new way for teams to communicate in real time using quick to join audio and video conversations, which you can basically, there are little bubbles that show up on the right-hand side that'll let you jump out of one conversation into another one. Uh, there'll be a dedicated section for apps in the conversation list, an updated Google Drive app that lets you respond to comments and sharing requests, third-party apps for Google Chat, uh, including uh, Workday Loom, Workday, Loom, Zoho, and Loom apps, which join uh, their already deep bench of uh, third-party support apps, including Asana, Salesforce, Zendesk, PageDuty, and Jira. Uh, and then there'll uh, lastly be the ability uh, to create non-code custom apps right in the chat, uh, which has got to be you know, great if you want to kind of, you know, keep everything in-house and not rely upon uh, third parties, uh, IT support and everything like that. So that's a lot. Uh, we don't have timeframes for all of the stuff, but a lot of it should be rolling out soon. So again, if you're a Google chat user, your company is, I uh, expect to have a lot more things to play with. And if you are a Microsoft Teams user, uh, start hitting the feedback uh, button or feedback whole, uh, section with suggestions from, you know, this list, if you want to see any of that stuff. It's fine, you know, good, and I'll make this quick. It's just good to see that Google Chat is finally catching up for years. It, it has felt like just a basic 1990s, early 2000s chat app. And I know a lot of companies have had to move to a Slack Google Chat combo or a Teams Google Chat combo to kind of get the best of both worlds. So, Google, you're finally catching up. Just don't put this on the six-month roadmap and kill it in six months, and I think you'll be in a much better place. Bingo. What's our next headline? Let's see. We're going to stay on the chat headline here. We have Bing Chat is expected to support third-party plugins soon. Now, this comes from a tweet from... I'm going to butcher this name. We're going to say Vladimir Kiranov, who is an active memory, uh, member of the tech community who has shared an array of screenshots, basically saying that third-party integrations are coming here soon. You will be able to have, supposedly, he says, up to three plugins going at the same time. I know um, back when we had the demos, I believe it was 
April, May of this year, Microsoft did show off some plugins. I believe one was Wendy's maybe, and there was one for Instacart. I do believe that they showed off during one of their demos. And I think this is the key to this whole AI thing. We've kind of seen AI take a little bit of a downturn. You know, some of the stats we have seen come out is the honeymoon period has come to a close. It's not as being as used as much as I think some of these companies intended. But I think when you start putting these plugins in there where AI can speak to other services and other technologies, it's going to become more effective and probably be that assistant for lack of a better term. And I don't want to confuse that with Siri or any of the others, but I think it will be that piece of software that we use and depend on if the integrations go well. If not, don't know what's next for AI as far as the consumer part of it. Yeah, third-party support is always the uh, life breath for, for most mm -hmm. apps, hardware, uh, services, anything as well. If it can extend out, uh, it, the longer it should live on. Uh, so let's let's see if we can get more support for these kind of things. Uh, the last thing I got is a revamped iPad Pro uh, is in the works. Uh, as Apple looks to probably revitalize the slumping uh, iPad market. For those of you scratching your head thinking that iPads you know, have dominated, they have, but it's also been a subset of computing. Uh, cell phones out by out, outpace uh, most computing by far, then followed by PCs and somewhere in there is tablets. Uh, I think uh, Apple's trying to position the iPad Pro as something different. Uh, so uh, we got a report saying that uh, this will be the most significant update uh, for the iPad Pro since the 2018 uh, design, which kind of flattened things out and squared it off and uh, made it super thin. Uh, the iPad Pro models that are being worked on are code names J717, J718, J720, J721. Uh, and they will be coming with the next generation M3 uh, chip and, and they will adopt OLED displays akin to those in the iPhone since uh, 2017 and iPhone X models. Uh, the screens offer improved crispness, brightness and color accuracy. Uh, the new models will maintain the 11 through uh, or 11 inch and 13 inch sizes similar to the existing lineup, uh, while larger models will stay at about 12.9. Uh, Refresh Magic Keyboard will accompany the new iPad Pro, featuring enhancements that make the device resemble a laptop more closely incorporated with the larger trackpad. I don't know why it's necessary. I thought you, know, you have the touchscreen for a reason. Uh, with the new iPad Pro, models are expected to boost iPad sales. Their impact might not be immediately evident. Uh, the models are not anticipated to be part of uh, Apple's forthcoming launch event, which I believe is in like two, two and a half weeks, but we'll concentrate on unveiling the iPhone and I Apple Watch at that time. And I believe they will be set for maybe a specific iPad event, uh, either late next year or early spring-ish, uh, I mean, late this year, early spring-ish of next year. Um, I just wanted to kind of quickly talk about them trying to make it more of a computer, giving it a better process, yeah. things like that. Uh, and where we stood with the Surface Pro, because uh, I know that really now the only thing that stands between the Surface Pro and the iPad Pro is potentially just the weight and the fan. The processing has kind of kept up. Uh, the applications are uh, also a different thing because the iPad has had iPad applications, which have kind of limited it. 
uh, and Windows have had Windows applications which have limited its battery. Uh, we'll see if they start to merge somewhere between, or, or if this is just a thing that people don't necessarily want. Like there, I have a Service Pro. I love the thing. It's great. It's versatile. It is flexible. It is a very great device, and I'm glad they continue to make it. But I think lots of people who just like their phones and they like their laptops, and they don't really necessarily need anything between the laptop. I mean, the tablet serves as maybe a great e-reader, comic book reader, uh, you know, kid babysitter. Uh, you know, quick movie or travel uh, entertainment system kind of things like that. I don't know if they necessarily want to toss it in a bag and unfold it and hook up a keyboard and start typing on it the same way that they do if they just had a dedicated laptop. Plus, you know, as you said, inflation is high. Recessions were, you know, a warning. We're still, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. I don't know if people have the discretionary income to go out and buy another screen. I think the one, at least for what I see, the one differentiating factor here that Windows, Surface, or anybody else haven't, hasn't picked up yet is iPads have always had some sort of mobile broadband option. They've always had, you know, it, was, it started as 3G, then they had the LTEs, now they've got the 5G models out there. You don't see a whole lot of Windows devices other than the Surface Pro 5G, you know, that that have these broadband connections. And for me, that that would be a differentiator of, yeah, I can work on the go a little better with my iPad because it's always connected. But as you mentioned, you don't get the same software library, the same experience. And even then, it's still a device that how many people really need it to do that when you've got your phone in your hand i can totally understand needing to work on a document and see it on a bigger keyboard and a bigger screen but one last thing the the phone that you're reviewing the z fold 5 that's another gap in there that ipad has got to think about sure it's a smaller screen but it folds up it's becoming a more capable device that you don't even slide in a backpack. You slide it in your pocket. So I think the way people are computing and the way people are digesting information is slowly starting to change. And it's not going to surprise me if within the next five years, maybe some of these entry level MacBooks are now iPads if that's the direction Apple wants to take it. Yeah, and to your to talk to your point about connectivity, uh, I think while they do offer it, it's great. Uh, that is perhaps a business expense more than a personal consumer expense because you still need a separate plan. They don't make it easy to just swap in your SIM, your phone SIM, for your laptop or for your tablet SIM. And if, at that point, you like you said, you can hotspot from your phone. I think a lot of people have realized that you know uh, taking the hundred dollar cheaper Wi-Fi version and just using your unlimited plan or whatever you pay for from your phone onto your iPad is probably more convenient than trying to switch over an eSIM connector or talk to your uh, you know internet provider about your travel plans, things like that. So uh, I think it's another reason why. Uh, these pro devices are only limited by people's uh, pro dollars, I suppose, and what they're willing to spend. 
can I throw one kink into that? Because I, yeah, I, sure. I th- th- there, there's one part of this that I see happen more than I actually thought it would. You talked about the price and having discretionary income to go buy that iPad. A lot of people, at least in my area, I see go into the Best Buys, the cell phone stores. They want an iPad. So what they will do is go to the cell phone carrier to buy it because the cell phone plan serves as their way of financing the Mm -hmm. iPad. So they end up using that data plan maybe to some degree, but they're actually using the payment plan to afford that expensive iPad. Well, there you go. I think maybe that's where the vector I'm not seeing. Uh, with that being said, let's get into our, our big discussion and we'll start rounding this up so we can get you guys out and to enjoy whatever weekend you have. Uh, we'll be just quickly going over some of the Bethesda uh, reviews for Starfield. Um, we have our first one, which is 7 out of 10. Before we even tell you what the general feel is, we just want you to get an idea just by hearing the words. IGN Starfield Review, quote, there are a lot of forces working against it. And the combination of disjointed space travel and non-existent maps, aggravating inventory management, and a slow rollout of essential abilities very nearly did it in. Like Skyrim and Fallout 4 before it, it's there's still an immense amount of quality role-playing quests and, in, and interesting NPCs out there wanting to be stumbled across, and the pull to seek it out is very strong. So that's 7 out of 10. That, I believe, is our lowest score for it. So uh, IGN had some issues with the mapping and... Uh, this inventory management, uh, but uh, do you want to read our next review? Be glad to. Our next one is from Game Informer, and the quote here is, It took me a long time to fall in love with Starfield, and even after I did, certain aspects of the game didn't work for me. Now, I have seen this in a few YouTube videos, but, but the things I didn't enjoy are vastly outweighed by the enthusiasm for this new original science fiction universe. The breadth of its adventures and the appeal of many interwoven stories go well beyond, I think, what people are expecting. And I think that's what I have seen, not to ruin the next one you're getting ready to read. That's kind of the gist that I'm seeing. I have not played the game yet. The game seems to start slow, according to some reviewers. But if you stick with it from what i'm hearing the 10 to 12 hour range it gets pretty good at that point so i think that's kind of what i'm seeing across reviews in general yeah we got a 10 out of 10 from destructroid uh they they are saying quote start with this uh, truly incredible experience that will be special for everyone explore the the piece of the galaxy but as you create it is created how you want to and create your own stories it's what starfield really excels at uh it, i wasn't sure if it could be done but Bethesda has managed to raise the bar for sandbox games even higher. In the end, Starfield is an epic sandbox open-world RPG with a beautifully immersive universe, a, captive, a captivating story, and a fun and compelling gameplay the, the whole way through. I'm so happy to have experienced Starfield organically, and I really hope uh, you know you get to as well. Uh, basically, and we got a 5 out of 5 as well from Video Game Chronicles. Uh, we get a 4 out of 5 from Screen Rants. Um, the Metacritic score, as of I believe yesterday, sits at uh, about 87 uh, for the Xbox Series S and 88 for the PC version. Uh, and I think the average critic score is about an 88 
with 94% recommending. Uh, bottom line is, it's not Redfield or Redfall. No. And I fell down this rabbit hole last night. I, I, you, if you, if you could see me up close, I stayed up way too late last night reading about Starfield because I fell in the YouTube video rabbit hole that I'm sure a lot of people have fallen into. And what I found interesting was the comparisons between the Xbox Series X and how it plays the game and how the Xbox Series S plays the game with 1440p, the regenerating of frames, and then how the PC plays the game. What caught my attention is the PC will do 4K. They don't have the limiters that the Xbox has, you know, built into the game with the 30 frames per second and the little less resolution. So some folks are saying it's a little better on PC. I've not tried either one yet. Yeah, um, I, you know, we expected that to happen because um, you can't upset the PC master race. <laughs> but um, good, I think. The more telling thing is how it's performing on the Series S. I think everyone's, you know, that's the anchor. That's, you know, uh, if, it were, if it were buggy and, and non-playable on the Series S, uh, then we'd have an issue because uh, that's what people would, you know, kind of point to. You, you, you made us develop for the Series S and you can't even do that well. Uh, the fact that it's doing well on that just means that the rest of the, you know, the upscaling actually is in work and in progress and doing well. Um, I think Another thing that's most impressive is the lack of callouts for bugginess so far. Yeah, I'm not saying that there aren't any, but that has been kind of Bethesda's thing. I think you know maybe the B in Bethesda stands for buggy um, because that they have been unable to release a game, and it's kind of tongue in cheek these days. You know, people expect it. That's the fun part about uh, kind of uh, reviewing and walking through an early Bethesda game. That's where you get a lot of the funny clicks and things like that. So uh, the fact that this game has been relatively solid is great uh when do people get it is it next is september 6th right well if you want to go ahead and pre-order and well it's not a pre-order anymore you can order the deluxe model mm-hmm. and or the deluxe version excuse me not model version okay and go and go ahead and play now or you can, can you play wait. now or do you have to wait i think you still have no. to wait no, you can play now. I believe you can play now because at least as of last night, because I did open the Xbox app and it did give me the option to download and play now. Now, if that has changed, I, I, okay. I'm not aware, but I do know I could not buy the entry, what I call the entry level version. I had to buy like the deluxe, I think, which was $99, I think. Mm-hmm. I could I could not buy the standard fifty nine sixty nine dollar just game version and play now. You have to wait to the sixth on that one, I believe. Okay. Well, I think just for clarity for people who are probably gonna rush to their Xboxes right now, the game releases on the sixth, so you can download the game now. Right. I don't believe you can play it until on the sixth next week, uh, whatever date that is. Uh, that is a Wednesday. So like I said, uh, it's 125 gigabytes or whatever. So take the next five days to download it at your own discretion, uh, at your own convenience. Uh, but again, I think you can start playing the game um, Wednesday. So if you if you weren't given any of these like 
uh, early codes or anything like that. But I, uh, I expect to see a, a plethora of walkthrough videos and funny takes on Twitch or YouTube or whatnot. This just seems to be a good game. Uh, this comes out about a month and a half, I believe, before the next Spider-Man game. Uh, so we'll see, you know, how attention shift for that. Uh, and that's in the Sony exclusive as well. But that looks like to be another well-received game. Uh, I don't know what other big titles are coming out this year. Um, I'll have to get back to you guys on that. But I do expect to see Starfield played uh, for a few months at least uh, with relative uh, excitement and engagement. So hopefully uh, this... And I think what we're... Uh, another thing that we're underplaying is that this is probably the... This is the 20-year development game for Bethesda. But this is also the biggest exclusive gamble for microsoft since mm -hmm. i would say uh gears of war maybe we've had other ones they've always they've come and gone they've been failures for the most part i think fable was the i think they bought into fable they didn't actually develop that one necessarily the same way that this has kind of been under the tutelage but this is again redfall was a big one i don't believe redfall really had much of a, a franchise beyond this uh, beyond that initial game it's a first person shooter maybe it did maybe it didn't uh but i do believe that this is the beginning of something big uh for microsoft for bethesda for this particular game in general as we mentioned i think last week there's so many different directions you can go with this as far as engaging with the lore you know you can do prequels you can do spin-offs you can do all kinds of dlcs this game could be the next grand theft auto that, 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 that's a good comparison because I've seen some of the reviews say, well, the, you know, we get into it, but the planet's a little barren, you know, you know, it, it's a little bit of a bear game, meaning there's not a lot of stuff. I think the stuff is coming, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, they're not showing us everything now. Ask me about this game six months from now, a year from now, maybe even three months from now. You know, I think they're going to let modders get a hold of it, too. So, yeah, you know, I, I yeah. think that they have laid the playing field for, I think, what's going to be pretty good. I mean, again, if this is the early, uh, if there's these early indications or anything, uh, like I said, prepare for potential uh, Grand Theft Auto, where this game is mm. still being updated and, 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 you know, offering new things. Maybe we get an online version, a multiplayer two or three years from now that opens up a whole new breadth of gameplay experiences uh, like you said in addition to modding and some other stuff so uh, again that is what we have for starfield uh we will all circle back next week when we all have a chance to play with it last thing we want to talk about are our reviews of hardware and whatnot uh we actually got out the things that we promised over the last month or so uh i have my lenovo 9i or lenovo Slim Pro 9i reviews at uh, needs to say that they are amazing. If you are a MacBook uh, user and looking for a Windows equivalent, this is probably the closest thing you're going to get. If you're a Windows user looking to just kind of keep up with your friends on the Mac side, this is again the closest you're going to get. It is a both systems, I had a 14 inch and a 16 inch, are super light, uh, well designed, uh, offer great power because they come with the 40 series uh, RTX GPUs. Uh, now, again, it's a Windows PC, so the caveats are fan noise, heat, and the battery. Those are my biggest three. And I know that, you know, you're gonna say, oh, well, those are always the big three. Uh, the fan noise gets a little loud when you are trying to push it uh, for more than 30 minutes off battery. So if you're doing a task like rendering or, uh, 
you know, using CAD or any, you know, editing graphics editor for more than 30 minutes, you'll start to get the fan come on. Uh, the more layers, things you add to it, the louder the fans can become. So that's, you know, I'm just being honest up front. Uh, there can be some heat, depends if you try to use it on your lap for, for a long period of time. If you put it on a desk, probably don't have to worry about that. Uh, and the battery life. When I say that uh, I gave it a three out of five, that just means that I got off battery, I mean, off connector, about roughly about eight hours or so. Uh, and I got a solid four hours of constant uh, video production. Uh, you know, I produce, I produce this, this video. So I'm talking layers, I'm talking managing uh, essential graphics and a, a bunch of other things all at once, four straight hours, uh, which is very good. Uh, but again, it's not, you know, it's not the 10 to 16 hours you get from a MacBook, but it is uh, above average for some uh, Windows PCs. Uh, the other thing we have in our review section, uh, I believe you just reviewed or just got out your Robo in Colin, right? The Robo in Colin just came out, and I, you know when when you when you hear this name, you know like I mentioned last week, it's who is this? You know it, it certainly does not scream, you know com computer here, but um, good device, ARM powered. Remember that. Um, if you're looking a Surface Pro alternative, I would highly recommend it. Um, battery life is good. I'm gonna say nine hours for the average user. Um, and the reason I bring that up, remember that ARM software has to be written or compiled for the ARM processor. So if you're using something that is not compiled for the windows on arm architecture it's going to be a little slower because it's a lot like the for the mac users out there the rosetta the translation layer that has to translate a 64-bit application down to the arm architecture your slacks of the world they're a little bit slower your microsoft software that microsoft has already built for arm runs very well but if you're looking a surface alternative with the keyboard in the box, no extra cost, it's well worth your $7.99. It's got an OLED screen. You can go read the review for the rest. But um, where I kind of griped on a few things, I'm willing to give it a free pass. But I thought the gripes were worth mentioning. Yeah, and the last thing we have is uh, a Hoham iSteady M6 smartphone gimbal kit review. Uh, that our uh, other writer Robert uh, kind of reviewed and he says quote possibly the best smartphone gimbal out there um, I think you guys should all go check it out especially if you're getting into vlogging or just recording uh, on the fly mobile recording or anything like that it seems like it's a great option especially at, at its price point so those are the last of our reviews we have a bunch of stuff coming up uh, for next week as well as far as hardware and things are concerned uh, we should be getting a, a Tavis nine plus in the the other moto razor i believe to kind of compete with the the z flip uh that i'm currently reviewing uh we got a bunch of stuff um once you guys stay tuned we're also going to be like i said opening up our giveaways we're getting some uh new mini pcs review which means the old mini pcs are up for grabs so if you're interested in that uh let us know down in the comments we will be getting that set up uh you know maybe take a week or two to to get everyone involved and see if you guys can walk away with a new mini PC as your new setup. Uh, with that being said, where can people find you if they want to communicate with you about more stuff? 
David PHA one nine seven eight. Still gonna call it Twitter. Um, you can find me over uh, over the the Elon Musk platform. There we go. David PHA one nine seven eight. Yeah, you can find me at Minehead One over there as well, or Kareem Anderson on Threads. Uh, because, like I said, the desktop PC, I'm on there quite a bit more often. Uh, I love to follow things about comics and video games and all the things that I don't follow on Twitter, which are politics and, and, and disasters. So, if you want the fun Kareem, he's over there. If you want the uh, doom scrolling one, I'm on on Threads. Uh, with that being said, we want to thank you guys again for joining us uh, for another podcast. This one. Hopefully it wasn't too long. Oh, get you out to your barbecues or whatever you're doing in the States. Or for those of you who are in the States, just go enjoy some tea or enjoy not being in the States. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Have a good weekend, folks. See you Monday. <laughs>